Welcome to Adventist Voices, Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I'm honored to be joined by two men representing a documentary that I really enjoyed, Medicine Man, the Stan Brock story. And I'd like to welcome the producer and director, Paul Michael Angel. Thanks for talking with us today. Thank you. Um, It's a pleasure to be speaking to somebody from uh, Sacramento, which features heavily in the film. I appreciated that. And I'm also honored to be speaking with Jeffrey Eastman. Jeff, thanks for representing Remote Area Medical and helping us understand more about uh, all the good work you do. Great. It's an honor to be here and, and share in the, the legacy of Stan Brock and his values and how he's motivated uh, myself and thousands of others. So I remember sitting there with my grandparents on green shag carpet and watching Mutual of Omaha. They were special nights. We had behaved. My grandma sometimes put a blanket out and we got to eat in front of the TV, which was extremely rare in my home. And uh, so I, I have already an interest in the story of Stan Brock, but as a filmmaker, uh, Paul Michael, can you talk a little bit about why you were drawn to this as an artist? I had always found the problems in the U.S. healthcare system um, to be a terrible situation. Um, I, 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 I'm looking from the outside, so I'm I'm British and I live in London. And um, in 2011, I saw an article in the sunday times all about um stan brock and it went into detail about how stan was running um field hospitals um in locations all across the united states that were kind of put up overnight and then serve people and then packed up packed away and then you know they move on to the next location and stan's kind of circulating around the united states delivering um free healthcare. And I was, I knew things were bad in the US, but I was quite shocked to discover that was the case. Um, And the other interesting thing about the article was about Stan's origins. Um, So Stan is is British um, and has had this incredibly rich and varied winding journey that that takes him to the United States uh, via the plains of Guyana and via stardom in US wildlife TV. Um, And I thought, well, this guy's character, this this guy's history and story is the ideal vehicle for telling um, an emotive and personal story about the difficulties in the US healthcare system. So you can discuss these, these bigger, uh, systemic and structural issues, but through the very personal experience of, of somebody who's working on the ground on a daily basis too. So I 
I mean, I worked in documentary as a, a camera operator at the time. I hadn't directed my first film yet, but I thought, well, this is obviously all the ingredients you need to make a feature-length documentary about somebody because you've got the unfolding social issue that they're working on every day, but you've also got this incredibly interesting um, story about how they arrived in this position. Um, and the more I looked into Stan's uh, personal journey, and his psychological motivation, um, the more I realised that his past experiences absolutely motivated and intersected with what he did in the present day. Um, oh. Sometimes that's not actually the case. Sometimes it's it's hard to draw the connection between somebody's past and like why they're doing what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. But with Stan, the more you looked at him, the more you could see why and understand his and uh, but it was kind of subtle actually it was there yeah. wasn't a reason you know why but the more you probed him you could sort of put the picture together um as to where he was psychologically to make him start something like remote area medical um like he did in 1985 um so just on the basis of that article i was absolutely desperate to make a film about him and i called um the office straight away and stan personally answered the the phone now given that a big part of the article was about how he'd taken a vow of poverty <laughs> given everything in life just to commit himself to this cause i was really impressed that on a sunday night he's there personally answering the phones and that's when i realized oh right this guy's like the real deal he's he, he he's a real um extreme character a real maverick who's obviously been able to um strip away all the distractions in life to clear the way for this one singular purpose yeah. and that's you know that's fascinating yeah um, and that's almost like a fantasy that a lot of people have that they could do that uh, but we can't you know things get in the way we have uh, children uh, marriages mortgages uh, lots of things the jobs the need to pay lots of things get in the way in life right but here's a guy who we can all look at and say oh he's managed to achieve it like so can can is there some essence of stan brock that i can get in my life that i can learn from yeah well that's uh that's a question that this movie probes in addition to of course giving us you know, a kind of swashbuckling story about a cowboy who spends time in British Guyana, Guyana now, uh, of course, was on televisions and one of the most watched shows in America from the late 60s on through several decades in movies, wrote books, is honored for his humanitarian work from Chase Western University, CNN. But it also asks us some questions about who we are and what we want to do and how we want what we want to do to commit to what we'd really like to do. Um, Jeffrey Eastman, um, can you talk a little bit about remote area medical? We'll come back to the Stan Brock story, but just in case folks here don't understand basically what he devoted his life to for the last what? 35 plus 40 years, something like that. Absolutely. Stan set the bedrock that this organization is built on, which was providing free health care to those in needs. Absolutely started out very small, you know, a little pickup truck, a couple dentists, a community where a hospital had closed. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It slowly built out 
by motivating others to come together. We don't have a magic wheel here at my headquarters that we spend to say, oh, let's go to this community or that community. We turned down over 100 requests across the country to host our free pop-up medical and dental clinics. We operate pop-up medical dental clinics that provide free medical, free dental, free vision, no ID required. We'll leave Athens, excuse me, Knoxville, Tennessee, head out all across the country, get there on Thursday, have great volunteers set up the clinic inside of school, fairgrounds, a church community center, any place basically has got a roof and some running water and electricity. People will already be lined up in the parking lot when we get there. They'll be there all night long. We'll open the doors at six in the morning, first come, first serve. We'll have volunteers, student dentals, student dental schools, medical, vision, professions in the community all come together to help their neighbors. That's great. The film has some really compelling moments where you see these folks who have been waiting for hours, uh, anticipating for days, weeks, and uh, get they get their numbers. You have so many volunteers who in some ways are an incredible supporting cast for this film. You did a great job editing uh, to get these great quips, the, the interactions between volunteers who know they're doing something valuable and like uh, like people, which um, is really one of the sub themes of this, where where Stan Brock goes from really being a, a person focused on animals uh, with not a lot of concern for humanity to really just flipping a switch almost to uh, devoting his life to humanitarianism. So those those volunteers, those people lined up for healthcare certainly are a compelling uh, part of this story. Um, Paul Michael Angel, can you, uh, like you were saying, this story really does have all these great components. You get some great, you know, film clips in there, obviously um, some, some really fun kind of uh, cowboy American uh, mythology. Um, as you were doing this, uh, story, there's almost a kind of, is this person real? Kind of like a St. Francis, you know, how much is, is, is this person, uh, you know, a creature of our hopes and dreams? How did you, was it, how did you keep, what did you use to guide this movie to make it a documentary and not just a fantasy film? That's so funny that you should um, raise the issue of like, whether this is a documentary or whether it's a drama, because when I was pitching it to people, I, the pitch would be something like, um, yeah, it's like a documentary adventure that recounts this fantastical tale of a British Amazonian cowboy turned US TV star who gives it all up to run. And people would stop me at about US wildlife TV star and be like, oh, is this, is this a documentary or is this a drama? So people would struggle to think that somebody could fit so much into their life. Um, I think that the way that we've told the story is to use every technique possible 
to draw out the emotion and the drama and, and to kind of use feature film drama techniques more so than, say, um, traditional independent documentary cinema um, techniques. Um, so initially I had this very naive film school notion that we could make an entirely observational documentary film, that this would be like the ultimate observational, where you would just be observing Stan, there'd be nothing, no interviews, no interaction from me, nothing at all. But then when you meet Stan and you speak to him and you hear his story, his past, you realise that it's so rich and full of drama that the only way to really do justice to it is to do a formal interview where the full impact of that drama can be expressed by Stan in the way that he tells the story. He wouldn't be able to tell the same story standing in the kitchen, washing the dishes, like talking to me at the same time, you know? It needed to be more composed. So we started to um, use formal interviews and... And also when speaking to Stan, you hear about the past and you think, oh, that sounds amazing. I, I, I wish there was some archive that was shot at the time that could reflect that story. And, and you do the research and you realise there is loads of archive. There's all this stuff from a BBC documentary about Stan in 1962, um, all of the episodes of Wild Kingdom, um, a load of B-movies, shot after after wild kingdom action movies um and in some cases the original rushes um i.e not what finally went to broadcast but was that what was actually filmed and kept on camera a lot of that was available so you bring that into the movie and you realize oh like this is um this is like a real sort of stylistic mishmash at this point you're using all these different techniques um i think there's a little bit of graphics at one point with the maps and stuff um and there's some montage sequences as well mm -hmm. like one where stan goes on his great campaign that culminates um with a speech um at, on, on capitol hill in washington um and another montage sequence that just gives the audience a taste of the whole history of healthcare uh, in the US, according to the words of every US president since Franklin Delano Roosevelt, you, you just hear what they all have had to say about the topic. Um, and then, you know, that's to make a point about how the issue of healthcare has been a political football in the United States. So back and forth, it's not to take sides, it's not to be partisan, it's merely to hold that up and say, look, this, this has been um necessarily the, the way it's been discussed has not necessarily been productive to, <laughs> yeah that's an understatement <laughs> yeah yeah um so i think we that those are the sorts of things we did to make the story more of a kind of entertainment story in some ways like to to so, um, i think healthcare is a difficult topic um, it's 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 quite a depressing topic, and I think people have seen quite a few things already. So I wanted to give people a way into it that would also have entertainment value as well as being informative. Yeah, this doesn't feel like a, a documentary where you're kind of having to do some sort of uh, self education. Yeah, it, 
if maybe on a title of, you know, medicine man doesn't feel like you're having to take your medicine on healthcare policy. <laughs> I always talk about it's you shouldn't feel like you're making children eat vegetables. Yeah, yeah. So it's fun, uh, but it gets to some really important uh, points. And there's a line in here where, you know, anyone who lives in a large city knows that uh, you, you just can see the people who have uh, no access, not only to housing, but to any kind of uh, serious um, health care. And uh, there's someone in here who says, no matter what they do, they deserve to be pain free, which is such a great line and such a moral grounding point. Like, okay, this is, these are hard things. This is not about politics, as you say, it's about really recognizing what is essential. And I think that's a really uh, a great moment where we recognize the humanity um, that we share. Jeff, you deal with this all the time. You're running an organization. Um, you know, anyone who's been around nonprofits knows that it can be sort of complex. Uh, but at the same time, I'm curious how you keep things simple. What's, you know, how do you keep your focus on a mission and how do you, um, how do you maintain, how has, how has uh, RAM uh, maintained that uh, singular missional focus for all these decades? What's Stan was very laser focused, you know, delivering health care to those in need. And it's all across the spectrum. It's it's not those individuals you may see on the street. It's it's that teacher, it's that school bus driver, it's it's the mailman, it's the your favorite waitress. And Stan, he just he never asked, can we do this? He always said, how do we do this? And that's how we continue is how do we do this? How do we get free health care to those in these, whether it's the big clinics that you'll see focused on in the film that really resonate to the, to the telehealth that may go out and just may only treat six or 10 people a day in a parking lot at a mom and pop local pharmacy in East Tennessee. So it's how do we get this done? And, and that's laid out by Stan, and we still continue that very simple way. Let's get it done. Mm, that's great. Well, this uh, film is premiering November 14, uh, thanks to Fathom Events. So folks can go out to uh, theaters and watch it um, by themselves with groups uh, and really have a chance to discuss some of the the issues involved and, and also think about uh, the way that Stan Brock um, inspired this. It's incredible that he, uh, you know, part of what helps me adjust to his uh, kind of heroic presence is that, you know, his own personal life suffered because of his commitment to this cause. Paul Michael Angel, can you talk about how you dealt with some of those parts of of his story. I mean, he's out there sleeping on a bedroll. <laughs> Here's a, a incredibly famous person uh, who really uh, put him, put his own personal uh, life um, uh, up as a sacrifice in order to, to live out these ideals. Dan was, I think, really reluctant to give the impression that he was on the moral high ground because he had sacrificed, well, he had sold um, the land that he owned 
Um, uh, sold a lot of his possessions um, in order to start remote area medical. Um, that meant that he took no salary from the organization, despite the donations coming in over 25 years, never took a penny. Um, and that meant that because um, he didn't have any money, he had to survive very basically on big sacks of rice and beans and uh, and water. And the rice and beans were often supplied by friends. It's It's hard to make people believe that can even happen i think so um i i i thought it was important to really show that on um on on camera but stan was yeah he was reluctant for people to see that so he didn't um he didn't want me to film him sleeping um on, on the on the floor at night without a bed like like the old uh, amazonian cowboy that he still was in his heart and he didn't want me to go on about the fact he didn't take a salary and just survived on rice, beans and water. Um, but those aspects, I think, were really important for me because um, in some ways that that the life he has chosen, um, a life of asceticism, is a fantasy we all have when things are difficult, I think, for us in, in the modern world. Um, we we know that what we are doing sometimes lacks meaning, and we want some we want to do something with more purpose. Um, and Stan was the proof that you could actually do that. But in truth, very few people have the special character that's required to make those sorts of sacrifices and strip away all the the distractions that you have in your life in order to focus on on one singular purpose and i think part of um the appeal for people is that they may have like had a fleeting consideration of that themselves at one one point so it's incredible to see somebody who has made that commitment and and there's really no no way back um i said to stan once i i i said what was it that finally motivated you to jump off that cliff? And he kind of looked at me as if to say, jumping off that cliff, you're making it sound like, you know, I've taken this, this terrible decision. That's good. Um, and it was the wrong choice of words, but I think I did touch on something because it, it was a commitment that there simply was no going back on. Um, and he lived that way, sleeping on the floor, not taking a salary, rice, beans, and water, to the day that he died. Um, he 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 took it to the extreme, um, and I think people are intrigued by that, but also people find it inspiring because I think we we've all had that fantasy thought of like, what would my life be like if. I was doing something bigger than what I'm doing. Yeah. And Stan was, was the living embodiment of that. Paul does an excellent job of taking stands, bringing adventure to healthcare, hmm. to making it exciting. And the volunteers that, that came and just got a little taste of Stan, you know, just that little excitement. And it's like, 
they were on his journey with him. So those hundreds of thousands of volunteers that he motivated, they've all got a little bit of stand and a little bit of adventure that rubbed off from him into them. That's great. Well, uh, my last question is for you, Jeff. Uh, I was going to ask you if you're a saint, but uh, I'm guessing that uh, you're not. But I'm curious about this. When people come to this, do they need to be prepared to give up uh, all their possessions and devote themselves to a life of asceticism? Uh, what what is what what's the what is the uh, what is the profile of someone who gets involved um, in either uh, volunteering or supporting remote area medical? The, the profile is across the demographic education spectrum. The profile is that patient that comes there to get treated and comes back on Sunday to load the truck. Uh, the profile is that instructor, that dental school, who's had the experience and brings his students. It's that campus chapter, chapter for RAM that wants to join the journey and make a difference. It's those other volunteers having that conversation and they go to their neighbor. You mean there's a great organization I go to and all they want to do is make a difference in other people's lives. Sign me up. Hmm. Well, thanks. It was been, it's been great talking with both of you. Thanks for the work that you put into this film. It premieres uh, November 14. Is there anything you want to tell folks as they're thinking about uh, going to watch the movie? I think people should see this film not only as uh, a showcase of the difficulties in American healthcare um, and the amazing work that remote area medical are doing to to resolve that. So, like that's a great element that you're going to get in this film. But there is another story here about somebody learning to care. Quite simply later in life. And I think there's something beautiful in that and we can all learn from that. That's great. Paul's added a wonderful addendum to the movie, which lets you know what Ram is up to now and how we've honoring and growing based on Stan's foundation. You can learn more about remote area medical at ramusa.org. Click on the volunteer to join the journey. If you can't make it to a clinic to volunteer, click on the donate button. Great. Well, thank you both uh, for talking with all of us today. Appreciated uh, what you had to share. Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move.